this is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Normally Saturdays from 3 to 6. Today is Sunday. I'm on from noon to 2. So I am live taking calls 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And I'm addressing the the many, many uh, nuances of the sexual harassment meme that we're hearing about from Rob Porter resigning from the White House uh, in light of allegations from his ex-wives, which he denies. And then uh, Larry Nasser, the ju- the um, doctor in the Olympics who uh, was convicted, he'll never get out of jail. He'll probably, chances are he'll die in jail, either by suicide or getting murdered. I mean, that is, I was reading a psychiatrist's report on Ariel Castro, the guy who, uh, Charles Ramsey saved his victims. You remember that great video of Charles Ramsey um, saying who's a dead giveaway? There's a little song about it and everything. This guy, uh, he was in jail, I think, for one month, and he was found hanging in his cell. They say it was suicide. It might have been, might not have been. But this Nasser is going to go to jail forever. He had molested, he pled to molesting 10 girls and to having child pornography I actually wish he had been tried for it. So it would be because he started to say I was manipulated into pleading guilty. You you don't want an out. You want this guy to be uh, to have no excuse to be absolutely proven. I actually am not a fan of plea bargains. I think they shouldn't exist at all. But uh, so that's what was happening there. But uh, this whole meme was launched if I understand the story correctly, by Rose McGowan, an actress who put out a book where she said, uh, I believe she, I don't know if she used the word rape or said non-consensual sex with Harvey Weinstein, a big Hollywood mogul, and that her manager at the time, who set the meeting up, uh, Jill Messick, had covered this up, that she had told Jill about it, covered it up. Well, just the other day, this week, Jill Messick killed herself. She had uh, suffered from bipolar disorder. She was a 50-year-old mother of two. And her family put out a statement saying that uh, she couldn't take the pressure. She didn't want to rebut Rose McGowan because she didn't want to diminish this always believe the woman theme, this hashtag me too theme, but that, that it wasn't how it happened. And she had actually written to Harvey Weinstein's lawyer and said... I set up the meeting with Harvey and Rose in Harvey's hotel room. The next day I asked her how it went and she said she regretted taking her clothes off and getting in the hot tub with Harvey uh, and that she that she just regretted her behavior. She didn't say it was non-consensual. She just said she regretted it. Jill Messick did not like that anyway. Even if it was consensual, she told her boss she didn't like Weinstein's behavior. And I don't know what her boss did with that information, but Rose said that Jill covered up the non-consensual act. Uh, and so Jill couldn't take, didn't want to come out and speak up for herself because she didn't want to undermine the movement. But when she wrote that letter to Weinstein, his attorney published it 
Let everybody know. And that really made Jill, it was against what she wanted. And those are the kind of things that make me think that we're really being manipulated by these stories. And why would Weinstein's lawyer do that? Because they know they're not ever really going to go to court about this. What should have happened, and maybe the statute of limitations is up, but you want to press charges. If somebody's raped you, you should press charges. I know it's scary, but this is how the system works. This is why people like don't like big judgments that that there's huge punitive damages that are awarded to someone like if you suffer a million dollars in damages but they the jury gives you 10 million those are punitive damages they are there as an incentive for people to go through the pain of prosecuting or suing people in order to keep bad actors from getting away with it so that the punitive damages punish the actor but they are given to the accuser to the victim as a reward for the agony of having to sue somebody so there are processes in place we don't know the true story here and we're never going to know the true story even with the nasser case he's only going to jail for 10 girls 250 took the stand against him. It wasn't even taking the stand. 250 were allowed to come to open court and say stuff. Now, we just don't know. Uh, you know, many of those girls were, I'm sure, victim of, victims of his, and, and he did not, he is not going to jail because of what he did to them. So for me, I feel like let's not lose sight. There are processes in place. We don't need to rework the architecture, the legal architecture of this country. And I do think we're being manipulated by these people who with their back and forth and no, uh, you know, not really using the legal procedures that are there for us. So Binkley, my trusty producer Binkley is here. These these. there's a lot of tension in the country right now. A lot of it comes around identity, identity politics. There's a very vitriolic anti-Trump movement that really coalesces around these identity issues. Indivisible is one of the groups. They are connected to the Women's March, which is connected to wanting to have the blue wave. So they take women's issues and they are translating it into getting Democrats to win in red states. This is all of a body. And you were telling me you're reading a book by a guy who you think is behind the language and the framing of these issues. Right. What's his name? What's the story? George Lakoff. He's a cognitive linguist he focuses on like his specialty is programming people using language yes interesting and uh, i have often i've always objected to that and that's all there is right now in like political discourse it seems to me when you see the cable news or whatever it's always they're always you know it's like saying to rob porter do you still beat your wife you know what I mean? That's framing the question. Yeah, exactly. You can't say yes or no to that. And I hate that. I don't, I refuse to let the, my question is, is it a crime or not? Did you, what did you do? Let's like find the facts, find the issues. Uh, everything's in sound bites now and you really don't get to the fundamentals. People don't think critically anymore because these words are designed to trigger their emotions. So you had, you have many, many clips of this guy. We should probably do a podcast on it, on our propaganda report which people can find on PropagandaReportDaily.com. This show and our podcasts are always there. 
commercial free, I think, for the most part. Uh, so w- I hope we have time. L- why don't you play me one or two clips just so we can get a sense of what this guy's all about? Because this guy is, I mean, he's prominent in this behind the scenes of this movement, right? Absolutely. He's a former professor at Berkeley. He is... He tweets out the talking points, and the talking points, you see them coming out of everybody's mouth across the nation the next day. Yes, that's right. Yes, you've demonstrated that to me. Okay, so let's hear a sample of this guy's theory. Okay, in this clip, Lakoff is... Don't tell me too much. Maybe we just want to hear it. He's explaining what freedom is in America. Okay, let's hear it. Clip one. Think of the freedom to live where you want to live. The freedom to go to school where you want to go to school or send your kids to the kinds of schools you want to send them to. The freedom to um, have the best doctors and the best health care plans. Each of the things we mentioned have to do with freedom. If you're sick and you can't afford uh, you know, appropriate health care and appropriate doctors, you're not free. Uh, if you're not educated, you're not free. You know, And uh, if you uh, want to go somewhere and you can't afford a car, you're not free. All of these things have to do with freedom. And that's important because democracy is supposed to provide freedom for everybody. And, and that's a very important principle. That is overwhelming with how upside down it is. Freedom for everybody except that one best doctor that everybody has a right <laughs> yes, to get to Oh my it's gosh, you put it perfectly. Absolutely perfectly. But here's something that I... I have to point out you got me a book or recommended to me a book called uh individual freedom and national security written by harold laswell in the mid-century in the 50s i think and he he does from the right what this guy's doing from the left he says freedom is security yeah so so it really emphasizes what i have observed for a long time that the left is about fiscal insecurity, and the right is about physical insecurity. And both of these guys, Lakoff and Laswell, are are labeling freedom from fiscal insecurity and freedom from physical insecurity as freedom. Freedom from insecurity is not how I would define freedom. Freedom yeah. is free. You don't have freedom to... You have the freedom to ask the best doctor if he will agree to your price and treat you, but he too has the freedom to say no. Freedom no, he is does freedom. Not, not no, he does to not. Lakoff. Nope, not. And, and I mean, but Lakoff's situation proposal, as you point out by example, is impossible. You can't. That person cannot give every you. Every single person cannot get the best care, or all care is equal. You know right. what I mean? Every person cannot possibly get that. So it does. But he doesn't actually. Another thing I did hear a clip of his where he talks. He discourages you from using critical thinking. He tells you anyway. not to talk about policy. He tells you to use emotional appeals. Yes. So that's why he doesn't he doesn't want us to to dig into his stuff. We really have to put more time into it. You want to play that one? That one's good. Uh, all right. Let's let's play it coming out. Let's take a quick okay. break and we'll play it coming out. Uh, you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. And now for something completely different. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Is to talk in terms of policies, programs, and the government. You want to talk about individuals. You want to say, are there people in your church who are sick, who have diabetes, who have cancer, but don't have health insurance? Are there people there who are crippled in your church? 
Are there people who have lost their jobs in your church? It's that level of discourse that is crucial in talking to arch conservatives. That was Binkley's favorite propagandist, George Lakoff, telling uh, his minions how to get through to conservatives. Do not talk about policies. Yeah. Talk, yeah, talk about individuals in your church who have nowhere to turn. And it really, that he is telling you not to think deeply at all, just to emote, not to actually think about the broader implications of policies and principles. And what were you saying about him, something he did that I thought was so significant, Binkley? He coined a term? He's the reason we are forced to listen to the, the word systemic 50 times a day, every day. He popularized it in his book, said yes. everything needs to be systemic. Here's the thing, not even about the word, but how that... That this is, we're talking about the sexual harassment meme and what the agenda items are, and I identified earlier in the show it's a a, a goal of the of the you know kind of the shadow powers above the parties to redefine our legal architecture. So they really want to negate the individual. It's been a hundred year plan at least, and so this sexual harassment thing. I keep saying. Go report these people, press charges. It, this is a, you can identify a person, you can prove it. Um, it's it's a, a crime of one individual against another individual. But the reason it's being handled not like that, that nobody is actually pressing individual charges, is that they want us to have this idea that it's a systemic problem yep. and that it needs a systemic solution and it isn't it's not a cultural problem i mean maybe it's a cultural problem but it has a solution that can result in individual justice and preserve liberty true liberty at the same time and if they take it to the courts then they justify the very system they're trying to tear down wow that's peeling the onion another layer there yeah but they don't want to do that because that is individual that is how the individual has access to the system. That is the foundation of our system of the Bill of Rights. It's about individual. It's it's this, and it's like the guilty until proven innocent thing. You really need individual protection if you're going to have any kind of individual uh, political rights. But these are the same people who said, collective vote, collective vote. Yeah. Don't vote for who you want. Vote for who we tell you to vote for. I mean, this is what they're all about. They're using democracy as a sword. <laughs> I have a guest coming up after the break, Garland Favorito, a very active voter integrity um, mover here in Georgia. Uh, he's going to tell us what we can do to uh, improve voter integrity in the here and now in Georgia. Uh, Up next, this is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Maybe something really cool that I don't even know about, you know. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Although today is Sunday. I'm on from 12 to to 2. If you... If you want to know when I um, my show moves around a lot, so if you want to know when it's on or you want to hear the podcasts, go ahead and go to propagandareportdaily.com. Sign up for our feed. Binkley, can you tell people what how they can get uh, lots of listening pleasure from 
our work? PropagandaReportDaily.com. Click on the Apple icon or the Android icon or click on the YouTube icons and you can subscribe everywhere. That's awesome. Thank you very much. So if you're just tuning in or want to hear more of what these kind of topics, kind of digging a little deeper, check that out. Uh, But I also, when I rarely, rarely have guests, maybe once a year. Uh, It's a call-in show. That's how it works. That's how I like it. Uh, But if there are local issues that I don't think are getting the coverage that they need, and uh, always anything that catches my attention is doesn't have to be, the issue might be local, but it's going to affect kind of everybody in this country. So even if you listen on the podcast, these are the kind of issues that are important. And one thing that's very important is voter integrity. And I, I don't have a lot of faith in the system, but it doesn't mean that we can't fight back. And that would happen on the local level. So uh, an activist, local activist, I really respect Garland Favrito. I uh, have him here. He runs um, VoterGA.com. Hi, Garland. How are you doing? Hi, Monica. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. It's an honor to be on the show. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And I, I really admire the work you do, the effort you put in, what you focus on, your courage. I appreciate all that. I actually, I don't want to know, but I don't even know if you have a political affiliation or what it is, which I think is a testament to your integrity and the work that you're doing. So I appreciate that. And there's many things I could talk to you about. Maybe we can get to a lot of them. But right off the bat, I'm hoping that you can tell us in very simple terms kind of what's going on right now here in Georgia that people should know about. And if they want to participate, get informed or make a difference, what they can do. Can you give it to me in a nutshell? Well, yeah, Monica, um, and I thought I would start, since you had been talking about uh, thought crimes and at the federal nature. Yes, um, let me just say, Garland, that what I was talking about is a uh, bill that passed overwhelmingly uh, that, that makes it a federal crime if someone who works with amateur athletes does not report suspected child abuse. Now, how are you going to put someone in jail for not reporting something you accuse them of suspecting. That is a thought crime. So go ahead. Now you go. Exactly. And uh, it's, it's kind of a thought crime. And that type of legislation is coming to Georgia. Uh, it's not uh, quite as bad as that particular bill that you described. But there are several different hate crime bills that have been introduced uh, one of which um, is going to be heard on Monday at uh, 1 o'clock. And uh, those are the kinds of bills where the, you have to put the burden on the judicial system and the police to determine what your thoughts and motives were when you committed a crime in order to uh, give additional punishment. So, Garland, so that's Monday at 1 where? Um, that particular bill is going to be uh, HB 663. It's going to be heard at 1 o'clock in the uh, Coverdale office building, which is right across the street um, by, from the Capitol. Is the best and, place for people to keep apprised of these details to go to Voter GA's Facebook page? Is that what you recommend? 
Well, this particular bill, yeah, we cover mostly election bills, but I thought you'd be interested in this one because I got no, um, I'd gotten an alert on it, and it it ties in so well with the show today. Yes, thank you very much, and I do care about that. So, okay, so let's uh, thank you for the heads up on that Monday at one. That's tomorrow. Right, and there are there's three different bills out there. Um, two are by Democrats, one by the Republican. Uh, we're more concerned that the Republican bill will pat will go uh, get further because it's a Republican majority. So the bills are HB 660, HB 663, and SB 316. Um, the one that's being heard today, uh, t- uh, Monday, will be HB 663. That is a, a Democrat-sponsored bill. It's, it will not get a vote, but it will get a hearing, so you'll be able to testify for or against that that bill on Monday uh, in what we call a subcommittee. Even just uh, sitting the, in the peanut gallery and booing should make an impact, <laughs> I think. I mean, I wouldn't be competent to speak on it, but I would want to uh, voice my displeasure. And this is what people, what I, especially being a big talker, you don't realize these things happen in small rooms with a few people. You can get involved. You can stop it. I think we stopped you. Catherine Bernard and also just being on my show, I had a weekday fill-in, which had a big audience, stop the no-knock raids a year or two ago. And, uh, that, yeah. Yeah, that's right, Monica. And thank you so much for that because we there were three different bills we had to shoot down. and they were. I'm not one, taking one, credit, but I'm just saying we can do it. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and as you're explaining, the committees are the best way to get your input into bills. You can either um, get them shot down. You can have some adjustments made to make them better. Um, they're more receptive. By the time the bill gets to the floor, it's, it's too late to do much about it. But, so that's the best way to do is to follow when they're going to be heard in the committees and try to get down there and get your input in, contact the, uh, the legislators. So this is um, what, what got my attention, right, is that you sent me, sent everybody, if, if, if one is interested in the, some of the alerts that you put out, go to VoterGA.org, sign up for your emails, which do not come too often. So I saw one of your emails about uh, some bills that there is a hearing this week on Tuesday. So can you tell us what concern, what those bills are? And, you know, this would be a, a good time to get involved, right? Absolutely, because Georgia has had unverifiable voting equipment for 15 years. So what that means is if you go in, Monica, and vote for candidate A, the machine can record your vote for candidate B, and no one in the state would ever know because there's no audit trails. That's outrageous. Um, I don't get outraged easily, but that's crazy. You might as well rub a Buddha's belly in there and wish for your candidate. Exactly. And in addition to that, we have been fighting this for for ever since these machines were implemented in Georgia 15 years ago. Before they were implemented, we've explained this to the Kennesaw State experts and the Secretary of State at that time, who was Kathy Cox. And uh, they implemented them anyway. And now there's a more of a massive outcry, you've heard in the last year, from national press and, and experts. They're all saying the same thing. You don't want unverifiable and uh, unauditable election you know, equipment. So there is a move. Finally, the legislature is going to start moving towards verifiable voting. And they are going to have a hearing this Tuesday on a bill, and which has good intentions, but it needs a lot of work to to make it better. Who's going to be um, there to help guide that? Are you going to be there? 
Yes, I've already, what I've done and what, you know, we've uh, polled our members and we've gotten all the improvements that we need to make that into that bill. So uh, we've, we're already working with the chairman, Ed Setzler, on this particular bill, which is House Bill 848, to try to incorporate as many of these improvements as we can. And we've already, I've already sent them out today to all the committee members so that they will have them on Tuesday at four when we and when we'll be down there as well to testify and try to get as many of his improvements into this bill um, which is being uh, supported by the by the leaders in the legislature and this is posted on your Facebook page right um it it actually it's going up today uh, okay. it, it has been out we've tweeted it and no you're right it is posted on the Facebook and what's page. your tweet what's your Twitter handle uh, Garland at VoterGA.org, and uh, Facebook is VoterGA as well. But your uh, Twitter right, starts with at. What's what's your Twitter handle? Did you say yeah, you tweeted? At, at VoterGA. Oh, uh-huh. okay, at VoterGA. Yeah, that's a great—I think Twitter is the easiest way to get to this stuff. I just like to tell people, because it's hard to remember where and when something is. It's Tuesday at 4, room 506 of the Coverdell building, but— uh, it's good to be able to get that. So it, when in doubt, go to VoterGA.org, and all the links are there. Uh, and and people, I recommend signing up for your emails because you don't overdo it at all. I mean, if you, I bet if you had more time, you would address even more issues. But I just love the work you do. But before we run out of time, unless you have to get something else in on that, I did want to uh, tell people one, one of the things, that probably the, really um, important, courageous piece of work that you did was when you wrote about Nancy Schaefer, the murder homicide, the supposed uh, murder-suicide of her and her husband. Can you, in a sentence, do you mind if I ask you about this, give me in a sentence what the overview was, and then I'm going to tweet out your article on it. at the end of the show, can do you mind giving me one minute on that? Sure, uh, not, not at all. Um, I, I um, was I actually went to the same church that Nancy and her family went to uh, probably about a long time before she was actually killed, and um, we were all shocked by that because she was doing some very serious um, investigations into. Uh, child uh, sex slave trafficking here in the state of Georgia and its political connections, and which went pretty high up. Uh, she allegedly uh, was killed uh, about eight years ago. We're coming up on the anniversary of that. I think it was back in 2010 in March. And uh, she was allegedly killed by her husband, and, and none of us, and I know quite many of her very, very close friends, no one believes that story. Is she was she a councilwoman or was she a state senator? She was a state senator, um, and uh, I think she was no, not a state senator at the time of her death. But she had been she a former been. state senator very recently. And was it child uh, services that she had implicated? What was the she implicated some some government organization as being yeah uh, uh, defects and child protective services uh, in general um, who are that are not. Uh, operating in the best interest of the of the children yeah Um, i thought that was very courageous for you to address that and i i think it's important because i see the stories on the national level all the time that don't ring true but when you actually know somebody and their community and their people that's when you really know if a story just doesn't ring true and if you know then it bears further investigation 
Yeah, it, it, it never rang true because their family, it's such a tight family. They have four sons and a daughter. Um, and, you know, they, there was no explanation for why he would do this. And, and everybody who knows him um, really, uh, you know, they know that he would not do that kind of thing. And well, and the Nancy reason was, I thought it was interesting right now is we're talking about sexual harassment. We're talking about child abuse in that way. And uh, and here is a, a really big story that would not get the kind of attention some of these fluffy, dramatic stories are getting. But I have to, I actually have to cut to a break and say goodbye, Garland. Is there anything you need to throw out there uh, for people, maybe a resource or how to follow your work? No, I think you covered it, Monica. We're at VoterJ.org, and we, we've covered the, the Twitter and Facebook handles. And thank you so much, and appreciate all you're doing in WSP for, for, for covering these issues. Always a pleasure. Keep us posted. Thank you so much, Garland. Okay. And, uh, and we're going gonna to cut to a break and wrap it up after this. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. This will not stand, you know? This aggression will not stand, man. On News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. 65 with cloudy skies to start the day Monday, tomorrow, as the work week begins. But that could change, so keep listening to WSB for weekend weather. Brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And many thanks to Garland Favrito of VoterGA.org. It, it really cannot spend enough time with Garland when uh, the legislature is in session because he really stays on top of that stuff, particularly his focus, which is why he's so good at what he does, is um, election integrity. And there, that is something that you can really make a difference at home, you know, in your local community. I think that the election process is really under attack. Uh, but I, I have seen in action local areas that take it back, at least for themselves. So that's why I love what one of the reasons I love what Garland does. So check him out at VoterGA is one place you can find him on Twitter. We have to wrap this show up, but I wanted, Binkley was reading me a headline I wanted to rebut. So Binkley, can you read for everyone the headline you read? Yes, I can. On CNN.com, it says, Conway believes Porter's accusers. The White House advisor, this is Kellyanne Conway, says she has no reason not to believe women who accuse ex-aide Rob Porter of domestic abuse. I will give her a reason. The reason is innocent until proven guilty is an important, critical protection. In America? It used to be anyway. And on that note, you can keep listening to uh, this kind of dialogue on our other podcasts at PropagandaReportDaily.com. And I should be back next week. You'll have to check out MonicaPerezShow.com for my next showtime. This is Monica Perez. Goodbye.